1: Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know
0: NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM.
1: It's what fell too, And we're putting it all in a podcast. Then we'll send it up into the sky. We're calling it Parks and Recollection. Come on, little podcast. Spread your wings and fly. Well, everybody, you found us. Parks and Recollection, it's happening. It's on. It's me, Rolo. Otherwise known as Roblo. Otherwise known as Chris Traeger and the great Alan Yang. What's
2: up, Rola? How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We're we're in like a a good vibe with these these episodes now. They're they're just one after another, all super fun. And t- today's is is another really really good one.
2: Yeah, we're in the heart of a good stretch for the show. Some would say in in the peak, the the the, the mid peak of uh, of the show. And uh, um, yeah, I was excited to rewatch some of these and and. Uh, kind of remember where we're coming off of the Harvest Festival arc and all that stuff. So yeah, this is a good one. And you wrote this one. You wrote today's episode. I have, I have a writing credit on it. Yeah. just to clarify, if people don't know this, uh, You know, just because your name's on it, it means that you probably wrote a first draft of the script and then everyone kind of works on it. So everyone works on it together to break the story and you go off and you write a draft, you come back into the room and, you know, some of your stuff stays in and some of it gets rewritten. But yeah, my name's on this one. And, uh, you know, a a kind of fun thing I did was I pulled out my original writer's draft of it and uh, found a few things here and there that stayed in. And we can talk about that down the road. But let's get into it. Let's do the details. Let's do it. Episode title, Soulmates, Season 3, Episode 10, written by Neil and Yang, directed by Ken Whittingham, a very lovely man, big fan of Ken's. Uh, original air date, April 21st, 2011. The blurb... Leslie is matched up with Tom on an internet dating website, while Chris and Ron compete in a hamburger cook-off. Legendary B-Story. Legendary B-Story. Let's rifle through some notes. Notes very quickly. Uh, After the episode aired, we launched a fake website called HoosierMate.com. That is the fake dating site that is introduced. Um, Another notes note, Tom suggests that Point Break be remade. The film was remade four years later. Point Break 2015, so that's kind of prescient on behalf of the show. Um, Take that, The Simpsons, the Parks Direct, sometimes predicts things as well. The actor who played one of Ann's suitors wearing a cowboy hat is Josh Pence. He played the part of Tyler Winklevoss in the social network before his face was replaced in post with Army Hammers. And don't forget, Rashida was also in social network. Uh, I heard they're also going back and now replacing Army Hammers' face with Josh Pence's face. To just That's up. exactly anyway. right. <laughs> uh, and lists Hawaii, Paris, and the Grand Canyon as places that could be Leslie's favorite, other than the bench across from the Wildflower Mural. All of these locations are settings for later episodes. So this whole That's episode cool. is
1: full of future casting.
2: I mean, it's it's really whatever we were kind of uh, doing at the time. Maybe that, that writer's draft had some stuff in it that was prescient later on. Um, all right, let's get into the synopsis. Chris enacts a government-wide health initiative in Pawnee. Thank you very much, Chris. Starting by banning red meat from the City Hall Commissary, much to this pleasure of Ron. He challenges Chris to a burger cook-off to prove red meat is superior to Chris's preferred lean meat, with red meat staying on the menu if Ron wins. Meanwhile, Leslie invites Ben out to dinner, but he turns her down, leaving Leslie confused because she was sure Ben was attracted to her. Anne, who's now dating multiple men after taking Donna Advice to be more adventurous, tells Leslie to join an online dating website. Called who'syourmate.com and helps set up her profile. That's a
1: lot. It's a lot going it's a lot, but it's super simple. That's that's, what I yeah, like. it
2: is very simple. It's the first like two minutes of the show, also. <laughs> that's like literally like the first. And it's it is very simple. It's Ron and Chris cook burgers. Leslie gets on a dating site. It's like that's pretty simple, you know.
1: What is um, the great the the I think it's Chuck Lorre has a thing about, about comedy. Any comedy scene, if it's about one thing, it's good. If it's about more than one thing, it's bad. Something like that. Is it truism?
2: Uh, it's act, there's something about that. One thing that Mike would always talk about in the writer's room was simply clarity. Just literally knowing what's going on and what all the characters' intentions are and motivations are helps you laugh and helps you, un, like, really, like, puts you in a state of mind where I'm not confused, I know everyone's attitude, and I know why these people are making these jokes. It's it's when, it, and, and sometimes, look, sometimes you have to. You do a big conference room scene and you have to set up two stories. Then it's like, oh, yeah, also remember this. It just gets clunky. We've all had to do it before. It's happened before. A um, little fun fact about this episode. This episode was kind of a, an exercise in legal clearance because I saw my first draft of this script. And the title of the script is not Soulmates. It is Match.com. Because <laughs> it, it was just called Match.com. So in the script, this is one of several legal clearance issues that I realized while skimming through the writer's draft. It was like, we just called it Match.com. We didn't have a funny title for it or anything. It's just called match.com. So, and this, this was, by the way, pre, it wasn't, it was before app date. It was before Tinder and Raya and Bumble and whatever it was. It was, that was match.com. I think that was it. And like, maybe okay, Qubit or something. Um, but yeah, this, look, all this dating stuff, I think post dates you, Rob, you were, you, you've been yeah. happily married since, since all this happened. Yeah. Since the
1: stone age. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that um, if, if online dating and swiping and dming people was a thing when i was single i i would have been so exhausted i would have died an early
2: death it does and, and by the way celebrities are on there celebrities That's are what on they there. say yeah you can just find them i had friends who matched with like matthew perry and some i don't i don't even know i'm, I'm making that name up but it, but it, it it's it, you know there are tons of celebrities on there so i don't know I, I don't know if you if you like dating celebrities i guess get get on some of these apps yeah i mean why not Leslie's original description of herself on the dating site, yellow-haired female likes waffles in news. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> very simple. Th- I mean, I, f- I feel like this episode and the next one we're about to do, they just and you, may, I think you probably like these episodes. They just go for the comedy, you know, yeah. just like joke, 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 joke. It's they're very lively. They're very fast. And like you said, there's a simplicity to the stories. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that bio would get, get you going in the, in the in the current dating state. I mean, like yellow-haired, because it
1: is, it is true. She's yeah, Leslie has yellow hair. She does.
2: <laughs> she just like, I actually just missed her. I went to the the Russian Doll uh, premiere party and, and uh, I just missed Amy, but I was texting her after. And like, I think she just likes making stuff behind, this, behind the camera, which is like pretty awesome. She's directed a bunch of movies and she just made a documentary and she's producing a bunch of shows. It's like, I don't know. She always had that in her. She started directing, I think, on Parks and Rec, so kind of cool. And she's good at it. Yeah, she's very good at it. Um, also, let's not forget a sewage Joe, uh, oh. a, a recurring character, Kirk Fox. You know Kirk Fox. He, he's uh, he's. I, I don't think this is his first appearance, but it's a, it's kind of a larger appearance for him. She she kind of sets he kind of sets up a story that like uh, maybe shall we say less desirable people uh, start to be interested in Leslie uh, while she's trying to navigate her love life.
1: It's my one of my favorite lines ever. He says, "If you're looking for a good time, why don't you come on down to the toilet party?" That's what we call the sewage department.
2: Yeah, it's to use his toilet party as a brag. It's like, it's like yes. that's like a it's like a fun it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing to do. So, gross uh, sewage
1: Joe's always he's one of my I have always neglect to put him on my list of favorite Pawnees. He's definitely one of my favorites.
2: Let's, let's not forget to use Toilet Party as a location for a town hall someday. That's yes. what that's what we call the sewage department. Uh, another piece of trivia, we mentioned Josh Pence, who is an actor who plays one of the guys. So in this episode, the idea was at the beginning of every scene, Ann enters, she just kisses a different guy. It's just a <laughs> tiny, like, mini joke in the background. So Josh Pence was one of Rashida's friends who came in, and he's an established actor. Uh, the first guy who kisses Rashida when she walks in is not an established actor. In fact, it was my roommate, James Harvey, who was just a guy I went to college with. And I was like, he's like kind of a handsome guy. He played football in college. And and we were like, Yeah, James, just come in. He actually lived in a house with uh, me and Aisha Muhar, who was another writer. So we're like, James, just come in. Like just like just it's easy. You just show up and, and uh, you know, you have one line. I think he has to say he says like, bye babe, or something like that. The dude, he's a very handsome guy, but he's very shy around women. And so he got on set, and he's like, "I, I don't know if I could kiss her." Like he had a girlfriend. He's like, "I'm like, you just have to kiss her on the cheek and say so it's Rashida Jones. She's an attractive person." And he was really, he got through it. But I was just laughing on set because he's like this jacked, handsome guy, and he just was so nervous to kiss Rashida, say "bye, babe" or whatever he says, something like that, and then walk away. But you'll notice he's in the first scene. He weirdly has a ponytail. I don't know why we did that to him, but but he kissed. That's my that's my roommate James. He's now happily married with kids, uh, lives in Pittsburgh, I believe, but yeah, that that's him. That so, was his uh, one, that was
1: his his shining moment in show business. He, yes,
2: exactly. He, he didn't have to audition. Just had to just had to walk in, kiss Rashida, and leave. Uh, I found that very funny to, to, to see. Um, let's get into the rest of the synopsis here. Leslie finds a match that is 98% compatible with her. A, a soulmate level rating, hence the title, but is horrified to discover that it is Tom. Additionally, the crude sewage department employee, Joe, makes a romantic advance toward Leslie, prompting her to launch a douche investigation to find out why she attracts the wrong type of man. Meanwhile, Chris takes Andy, April, and Ron to a health food market called Grain and Simple, where he gathers numerous ingredients for the perfect turkey burger. But Ron is unfazed, simply buying a pound of red meat from his favorite food market, Food and Stuff. So this, this starts to get really fun. I don't know if you remember shooting this stuff. Um, but we went to, I believe we went to a Sprouts. Is is, is, is Greg? Do you remember this? I think it was a Sprouts uh, in the Valley. And a- another fun fact about legal clearance in the original script. Uh, in the original script he's just going to whole foods he's like we're going to whole foods like it's just about literally about whole. i'm like literally looking at the, the the script it just mentions whole foods over and over again and it's kind of like satire because it's ron saying like oh, i've heard of whole foods but uh i've never <laughs> been there and maybe i and maybe i want to see like what's going on there so there is that uh that talking head that i i actually think came out very funny which is like mm, do i ever go to grain and simple no but I come here for the same reason I uh, go to the zoo, like to see who's here. And then he points to a, a white guy with dreadlocks and he says, look at that thing. And it's like the <laughs> casting on this guy is really funny. Like it, it's like, it's just really good uh, BG casting on this guy. So kudos to the to casting department on that.
1: Well, it's, that's the things that people, you know, when you wonder what makes a show, a great show, the difference between a, a bad show, a good show and great show is sort of the attention to detail like that, like that, if that guy in the background isn't exactly right, that joke doesn't work yeah, and it's it's a little thing he's a background artist it's he's got he's literally in three seconds,
2: yes of the and show. He, he, And he looks real. He looks funny, but he looks real. It's not over the top. Sometimes they'll dress him up in crazy wardrobe. It's like, no, he looks like a guy who maybe lives there and is plausible. But I remember this being a lot of fun shooting. Remember shooting this with Pratt and like pushing him around the card and like him opening that. So he opened at one point. He opens a coffee bean dispenser. I think that was made up on the day. I think we were just talking to Ken Whittingham, the director, like, yeah, let's just open this up. And you know, I think we just had some improvs all around. You know, some of it was written, and some of it was just you know, you guys messing around.
1: I, yeah my memory of it was a that market wherever the hell we shot it was in the middle of nowhere yes and for sure and, and we were there before the sun was up yes it was so early and uh but it's one of the most fun days i had because my stuff was mostly with pratt and l- uh, we literally just ran muck in that yes. store and the cameras followed us and we kind i mean we did the scenes certainly but we also did a lot of what we call b-roll which is just us doing stuff that you can cut away to and that's where chris is i'm he's in the cart i'm pushing him the coffee thing um i remember it was just an idea that 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 pratt did and it made it into the cut and we were just goofing around like oh that looks like fun let's go over there and we literally just ran around to areas and had fun and the cameras followed us
2: Yeah, I just remember, I remember distinctly, it's because it's a a good, good group of people. It's four actors from the show, you know, along with me and Ken and just kind of making stuff up. And, you know, the name, by the way, the name Grain and Simple was made up by Harris Widdows. I remember that. And the name Food and Stuff was made up by me because I remember writing, that's in the original script. It's like, you know, the talking head. It's like, I love food and stuff. It's where I get all my food and most of my stuff. And like this, this, the scene where I also like in the cut, I was, I've enjoyed the scene where, you know, Ron and April have this sort of father-daughter thing going, right? And there's the guy giving out samples. He's like, would you like to sample our vegan bacon? 100% meatless. And Ron says, yes, please. He throws it in the trash. Another please, throws it in the trash He says, sir, is there a problem? And then he's like, I'm making sure no one else ever has to eat this. And then I don't think I can give you any more. then April asks for another. She throws it away. Just this little bonding moment between the two of them. And I love, I love how it's almost like you guys are two dads for April and Andy. Like there's the healthy dad and the, and the unhealthy dad. And, um, it's just such a sweet, uh, sort of bonding scenes between the two of you. So shout out to Harris for great and simple. And, and I believe the skittle sandwich as well, um, kind of adding onto the script. Um, but yeah, just, just, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of food in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly, the, uh, the Tom talking head about apps and zerts became oh. like a, kind of like an internet, again, sort of a meme thing. Like, like, shortening the, the you know, basically shortening words <laughs> and coming up with alt names. Like, like, I remember writing that talking head. I remember like sitting in my backyard writing that talking head. It was kind of like based on stuff that Aziz and I would do. And then it's kind of an interesting look into the process of making the show where we brought that in the script, you know, we rewrote it a bunch and then everyone in the writer's room pitched in more names and then Mike wrote a bunch of names and we got to set with the talking head and then Aziz added more things. So um, it's kind of like, you know, Z is adding Chicky Chicky Parm Parm and and whatever and then like you know that's all it's a kind of a, a collaboration between the, the initial writer the writer's room and then the actor on What's set. What's your favorite? So.
1: My, mine is for sure
2: Chicky Chicky Parm Parm. Chicky Chicky Parm Parm. Chicky catch for Chicky catch Toria. I like uh, food rakes for forks. I like uh, <laughs> long ass rice for noodles. <laughs> By the way, like long ass like. Like long rice. I, and then later I traveled to Hawaii and they have a dish called long rice and it's noodles. It's just like <laughs> vermicelli. It's like in Hawaii, you can get long rice. They call it long rice. It's an adorable name. It's like, that's cute. It's long rice, but it's noodles. Uh, but yeah, those are all. I remember also being in the writer's room and having a lot of fun. Just like there's 10 people sitting around pitching idiotic names for food. By the way, you know, you know, it's funny that
1: that is what's great about being a comedy writer is that you're, you get paid to sit around pitching. What would be a funny way to say hot dog? What yeah, we, was like and like, a- In my opinion, you guys all went to Harvard for fuck's sake. I
2: mean, it's a waste of a lot of brain power and a lot of time and a lot of the studio's money. Because you're just sitting in there. You're literally talking about, you're just like, should we call root beer super water? It's like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, eggs are pre-birds or future birds. Like, this is <laughs> this is dumb. This is just legitimately dumb. And then not only that, think about our, how many are in the cut. Like, there's like 10 in the cut. That means there are a hundred on the page. <laughs> that That's means right. like that means that got cold down. You know, in the in the writer's first draft, it's like I call sandwiches like sand, you know, Sandy Sandoodles or Adam Sandlers. That's in the writer's draft. Then you add fifty more of those, right? It's like so, but but yeah, I agree. And and you know, now having done, and you can totally understand. Like we've both done a little bit of drama, a little bit of comedy, a little bit, you know everything. It's like there's something great about comedy and like coming back to a comedy writer's room and just sitting around like uh, you're wasting 80% of your time. And and then the rest of the time you're, you're getting to write silly stuff like that. So it's not all fun and games, but a lot of it is to be honest. So yeah, for sure. Love the flexibility of working in all
0: sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile.
2: Alright, in her investigation, Leslie quickly learns Joe merely hits on any woman, as long as she's not elderly. She takes Tom out to lunch to learn more about him. He responds to all of Leslie's questions with his usual chauvinistic answers, annoying her to the point that she admits she took him out because they matched on Who's Your Mate, formerly match.com. A delighted Tom teases Leslie the rest of the day by pretending they're a couple, but she finally silences him by kissing him. Chris notices the kiss and warns Leslie that he has a strict policy against workplace dating. Um, that that shot is very funny. Where it's like it, it's like the classic like sitcom act two break. She kiss. For, 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 for first of all, like there's a big buy that to silence him, she kisses him, which is pretty funny. But it's also like you just got to get there. And they yeah. had a really kiss, right? They had a really, and they you pan over and you see you looking your most authoritative. You're like Leslie. <laughs> like it's <laughs> a very. I mean it's the boss watching you. I I was did you like you like playing the boss? I mean it's kind of fun. You come in and get to be the boss, right? That's kind I, of fun. It,
1: it is. I have I have to in all honesty playing the boss as Chris was was maybe my least favorite thing about I I know when I had to do it and it all is yeah. still vestigial of the original concept of Chris coming in with Adam and being the guy's cracking the whip and and, and maybe almost not they were never gonna be villains obviously but but a little bit of adding a little bit of conflict to to the show so absolutely so there's still a a little bit of that that we so quickly moved away from that when i was asked to do some of it like in this it was it was a little jarring but and and the other part of it was again all honesty um I always felt like this, and we'll talk about it more, where the, the no dating policy came from, because it does apparently come from, you know, um, Mike, sure. But I also felt like it was a little bit of a a straw man to set up. So you've you got to make sure that there has to be a reason that Ben and Leslie can't be together. And I was like, put it oh, up, really? up. I was put like, it, oh. it up, I was Listen, I'm just saying I always thought it was a little bit of weak cheese. But that's just yeah. me, and I'm not a
0: writer, and what do I know? gotta have obstacles Rob guys I don't know if you felt this but watching that scene of of, uh, Amy kissing Aziz there's a comedy version where she could have just kissed quickly right and just like shocked him but it was like a it was a nice kiss
2: I mean I think she she She, really kisses she followed the assignment which is to I think to somewhat make the kiss it's like it kind of impresses Tom. It's like that's the story, and so she does like a real version. It's not like a comedy kiss, which I think ultimately was the story, correct story choice. It wasn't like over the top or anything.
1: But so. did did she? Did you guys? Do you remember if you did alts on the kiss? Did you do the, the comedy kiss and then went with that version?
2: I can't say I have an exact memory of how many takes they did, but my guess is, and Ken's a good director, is you got to get levels. I right. think you would at least get two to three levels of that kiss depending on how comfortable the actors are it's like hey are you guys cool doing another one like i certainly if i were directing that scene be like look we got to make sure in the edit we have the option because that's the other thing people don't realize like you have your strong clear vision ideally of what you want on the day when you're shooting it but sometimes you want to really make sure you have the option to not bone yourself in the edit room and be yep. like, you know what? We need one that's a little less romantic. We, we need one that's a little funnier. So in this case, since it's such a vital plot point, um, I, I would guess we have a little bit of a quote unquote funnier one or more comedy take. But I noticed that as well, Greg. It was like that's a serious kiss, man. She not like she not like messing around there. It's very uh, very uh, kind of intimate. And speaking of uh, inappropriate suits, Joe uh, says that Leslie has a killer dumpster. I probably wouldn't have <laughs> probably wouldn't have done that today, but yeah, that's in there. Um, and yeah, we, we don't often get stories, you know, in this show where Tom has the upper hand over Leslie. Um, and so she's kind of on her back foot. It's kind of, again, we've talked about in previous episodes, you can't always have Leslie be absolutely right. It's all, you can have her be an underdog, be, you know, have her sort of struggling and figuring stuff out and be awkward. And and that's what happens in this episode. So, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's important storytelling. Um, at the cook-off. Chris prepares his usual meticulous turkey burgers for the judges, who happen to be Tom, Donna, Jerry, and Kyle. A crazy scene where Jerry and Kyle are at a scene together. Anyway, they all love it, but give higher praise to Ron's simple hamburger on a bun. Initially surprised, even Chris comes to admit the burger is superior after trying it, so he agrees to reinstate red meat on the commissary menu. Chris later tells Leslie his dating policy has affected others explaining that he earlier warned Ben not to ask out a coworker, Leslie realizes that that is why Ben rejected her and is glad when Ben asks her to eat in front of her favorite City Hall mural. Leslie deletes her profile on Hoosier Mate and is relieved to learn that Tom has 26 different profiles on the site to match himself with any type of woman, although the one Leslie matched with was his nerd profile.
1: That's just a great close of the, of the Tom. Leslie story that he has 26 profiles. Yeah,
2: exactly, kind of like that uh tag at the end, right? And I actually scrolled I, I scrubbed the, the 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 draft I had that was like, "Oh, how much of that?" And it was I guess it was already broken in the original outline. And um I do I did also enjoy the Tom N Adver- Haverford stands for nerd and then his details were Tom N Haverford collects globes his favorite movie is books. <laughs> it's like that, that. those are two crazy jokes that yeah. got into the script. So yeah. I was like, Oh, those are like, those are some pretty fucking crazy jokes. Um, the, uh, I also enjoy that. So we, there's a character named Kyle for those of you who are not fanatics and you have to be a pretty big fanatic to notice this. But Kyle is the guy who frequently gets shoe shines from Andy at the shoe shine stand. And, Andy even though though he's a nice character often makes fun of Kyle. Kyle is almost the Jerry of the Shoe Shine World. So in the, I don't know why we did this but in this episode they're both on the panel together and we see that Kyle is outranked even by Jerry. So Jerry makes fun of Kyle. So we now see that the pecking order is that Jerry is almost a J- uh, Kyle is almost a Jerry to Jerry. So um that, that's uh, just true true Parks and Rec minutia. Um, I also, the, the other the other thing I wanted to point out was your, and again, I think you call them Alan Yang nightmare phrases sometimes, but <laughs> this is what you had to say. I humbly place before you my patented East Meets West Traeger Turkey Burger. It's an Asian fusion burger with Willow Farms organic turkey, a toasted telegio, to cheese crisp, I can't even say it, papaya chutney, black truffle aioli with microgreens on a gluten-free brioche bun. See, there, a,
1: he, I wanted to murder you for writing me that. <laughs> um, and. It feels like Aaron Sorkin used to do the same thing on West Wing. He used to just take great pleasure in giving me tongue twisters. I mean, everybody had them on that show, but Sam Seaborn really had them. And and so I, I take I, I I take challenge. I accept the challenge. I like the challenge. And the thing about the thing about those types of lines, if they don't come out fully formed, and you don't ever want to do that acting thing. I think we've talked about this on the show before, where you can see an actor can't hack it. Yeah. And, and they do that kind of stutter with it. They don't literally stutter, but they might like take a breath where they don't need to, but you can just, or kind of hesitate and you know, they can't say the line in one yeah. fell swoop. Looking
2: and, around. It's like meaningfully, you know, pausing. Yeah. but we're you, real, By the way, we're ruining movies and TV shows because you will see this again and again and again. I see it in the edit room. Like I try to not have those takes, you know, you try to cut around it, but like, It happens all the time, Um, you know, and and this, uh, I think this was a fun episode that people remember this cook-off, you know, they they kind of, you know, there's a lot of food in Parks and Rec. In fact, I want to shout out uh, a YouTube channel, Binging with Babish. I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, Rolo, but he's a very popular YouTuber and he makes videos where he cooks the recipes from TV shows and movies. Wow. And this guy, I think, is a big Parks and Rec fan because He's made uh, look. I'm looking at his channel right now. He did this one: Binging with Babish, Parks and Rec Burger Cookoff. He did the Swanson for Parks and Recreation. He did the Turf and Turf from Parks and Recreation. He did Ben Wyatt's Calzones for Parks um, and Rec. No he way! Did the, a Paunch Burger. He did the Four Horse Meals of the Egg ellipse. and he did the Meat Tornado. And by the way, these videos have millions, like ten million views. So, this dude is legit. Shout out to Babish. Um, if you want to go look at him cook this Chris Traeger burger, you can go to B- Binging with Babish, B-A-B-I-S-H, on YouTube, and, and uh, you'll find it. But, yeah, he has a ton of other content. Like, you know, he'll cook stuff from all these other shows. By the way,
1: yeah. I, that, my burger was damn tasty.
2: Oh, good. That that's. By the way, this is a weird... It, behind the scenes thing the props department generally has to make these like they make the burgers or sometimes they, they 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 sort of outsource it like if you're at a restaurant they'll have the restaurant cook it but sometimes they just legit have to make them themselves well
1: the other thing is so there's there's it's called prop food Prop like like a, a phone is or anything you have in your hand or you use on camera is called a prop and the food is a prop and there's this whole thing of like is it edible or not edible so in like sometimes it's been sitting out for eight hours you know, because you're shooting for eight <laughs> hours. It's just, you're doing a hamburger scene. It's going to take eight hours. That hamburger's been Yes. Taken. And so there's a whole thing of like, can you eat it? Should I eat it? Whatever. And I always love actors who just scarf prop food down no matter what. I worked with Danny Glover on, <laughs> on uh, Brothers and Sisters. My man Danny would eat anything That wasn't nailed to the floor and, and he's skinny (laughs) as a rail. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, Danny, yo, this is prop food. It's been sitting out for, you know, we, we did a, we did a, what is it? Paella?
2: Yes. Seafood paella. Some of the Spanish food, classic Spanish rice dish. little socorrata at the bottom. (laughs) Imagine seafood paella that has been out
1: under the hot lights of a soundstage.
2: Yes. For
1: for 12 hours
2: yeah setting it up you know like all the lighting you know it takes a while to shoot and danny's eating it getting that room temp uh calamari in the paella just housing some squid (laughs) just like getting in there (laughs) are there mussels in here good great how much shellfish (laughs) in here the more the better (laughs) room temp, man Uh, that's that is and and by the way on this show you know pratt was that guy right Pratt pratt would eat 10 burgers for 10 takes even I and I, I don't wanna lift the veil, but the uh but uh but even Ron Swanson, even Nick Offerman would not eat all ten burgers. He would use the spit cup. You would you chew it up in the scene and you spit it out and it's like that's the normal they thing. They give you to a spit do. cup. There's a thing, Yeah, they use a, a spit cup. It's underneath the table or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like like when you ever see like um remember those I always thought they were disgusting. Uh those uh Carls was it Carls Jr. where the girl would eat a really yeah. messy burger and it would drip all over her bikini I thought it was dis- I never got it I thought it was so gross yes I think Paris, Paris Hilton, Hilton did it
2: Paris Hilton yeah absolutely uh, that was an era I, why, why was that like I, look, I guess we're talking about it a decade later yeah, but no, I, know. I never found that advertising to be particularly effective it's like you know you
1: want those things separate maybe I don't know but the the but you know you see the actor eating them in their in slow motion and then what you don't realize is they're like cut and they're like and they immediately spit it out in a bucket.
2: Uh, yes, I, I will say there's some. Sometimes you you're on camera long enough that you have to take you have to swallow some of it. So my girlfriend years ago did a Taco Bell commercial and she had to eat a naked chicken chalupa. I believe it was a Super Bowl ad. No, it was it, it, she ate she ate like thirty six bites of a naked chicken chalupa and I was like, oh, this is a uh, Never again. Never again.
0: Well, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that Pratt eats an entire hamburger on screen in this scene. <laughs> I watched it for, for, for research and as the scene continues and you're debating what, about the hamburger, he's eating it on screen <laughs> and you see him just stuff the whole thing. I think swallow it. So people should watch again to see how uh, long, but I'm quite confident. <laughs>
2: Oh man, that is wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, one final note on this one. I, I uh, you know, there's some nice acting uh, between Amy and, and Adam uh, in front of the Wildflower mural. I, that's one of the things that you know I was kind of uh, happy to see. Was was uh, there's a little bit from the from the original draft. Like I, I think um, I was like, oh, it's kind of nice if that's her favorite place in the world is a is a place in this building that she loves, and it's this kind of nice mural. So. Um, Yeah, we had them paint this kind of nicer mural that was very different from all the horrible, racist, sexist ones. And there's, you know, it's just it kind of speaks to who she is as a person. Right. She loves work. She loves helping other people. And, um, you know, there's kind of a underplayed scene between the two of them. So I
1: love that mural. I I have a, a picture of me, Bill Murray and Aubrey
2: uh sitting on yeah. that it, mural. I I believe we ended up using it as a background for like publicity shoots and stuff because you certainly can't use any of the other murals. So <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like yeah, like because it got written into this script, um it actually got made and and then it was actually useful as a kind of nice pretty part of the set. So uh yeah, it's kind of a cool thing and uh setting up a love story for uh for the ages for 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 for, for seasons to come. I just
0: wanted to jump in and say that, you know, we've talked about before that you can have great actors together in a scene, but you can't fake chemistry between them. Right. And sometimes like the chemistry between Aubrey and Chris Pratt was palpable and it spawned a love story. And there's this undeniable chemistry as actors i think as people just who who, uh, just like each other's company with amy uh, uh and adam i thought we could just you know explore talking about the fact that that was just a magical combination of two people
2: yeah that that's actually something that i've thought about before because you know certainly on the shows i've worked on since this it's like it i've often gotten the requests from actors like hey let's try to cast people that maybe we know already or that we have some chemistry with and do you find Rob that that it helps if you know the person, or is it just inscrutable? You just have no idea. Is it totally you could? And the other thing, sometimes you, you love each other offset, and then onset, there's no chemistry. Like, what have you found?
1: You you it's it's a if we could quantify it and and figure it out, ev- everything we would ever do would be a hit.
2: Yeah, you that, know that's a good point. That's actually a good point. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't know, right? You don't know until you, it, it's literally. like— you might not even know on set. You might have to wait till you see the dailies, right? You might have to wait till you see the cut in some in some instances. Yes, there is
1: a there is a thing where you may or may not feel it, and then it explodes on camera. It's a weird thing. Most of the time, you know it when you're in the room with somebody, and the first yeah. time you act with them, the first time, and you know it, I mean. It, it isn't something that develops. That's what's interesting. It's like if it's <laughs> there, it's there, but it ain't gonna grow I, if it ain't there. That's for sure that
2: I, and it's something, it's also about, yeah, it's ineffable, right? It's, it's yes. how you're talking to each other. It's, how, it's oh, By the way, sometimes how you, even the people look next to each other on screen, like it doesn't matter, if you know, whatever. Like there's just something about. And it has uh, nothing to do with whether, it, 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 listen, it often, often has
1: a lot to do with your personal relationship with that actor, but not necessarily. Yeah. Because I've yeah. also there's done, exceptions. I've done scenes with actors who we did not speak yeah and but on camera it was the shit.
2: yeah so you, and and, you and, and there's i mean there's legendary stories of actors who hated each other and then they just worked on screen i mean yep. that's i yep. mean you don't want that i don't want that as a director or showrunner certainly right. but um that's it's rare in the past I, too. I do think it's super it's rare. super yeah. rare
1: i mean yeah. most mostly if you have chemistry with someone you're going to like that person
2: yeah yeah and it makes and and circling back to uh, amy and adam they like each other, you know, like their buddies and, yep. and Adam, you know, yeah. I mean, both of them are, are just such sweethearts. They get along with everybody and I think there was a mutual respect there where it was like, you know, we're two actors who are super funny and can do the jokes, but also can dial it down and be naturalistic and 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 have fun playing together in, in scenes and and uh, it just just is such a sweet pairing. Also, two uh, kind of uh, smaller statured people, kind of cool, little, yeah, they kind of like like two littler people. It's kind of like I like that, you know. <laughs> I can say that as someone who's not like a giant himself, but yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, very very adorable, very adorable. Um, so yeah, good start to that story. Um, let's move to the oops moment. Oh, uh, a couple of them here, a couple of them here. Um, Anne isn't wearing gloves when she draws Leslie's blood. Ew. So I think so. so this is very unprofessional. I mean, I know so, they're right? friends, but come yeah, on. Know, yeah, it seems like she should probably wear gloves. And also, she's like giving her. What is she giving her? Like a cholesterol test? or something? I don't know. It's like what's going on here? Seems like a real uh, just a cheat to, to to get her in the scene for some reason. If I remember correctly, when she comes into the scene, she says.
0: I'm here for the cholesterol thing in City Hall. Oh, they don't something. even give we, so, we didn't even give a it's fuck. It's so slight. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm here for a cholesterol thing. I am going to draw your
2: blood in your office. Yes, that's... <laughs> uh, there's a typo. The second oops moment. There's a typo on the magazine, see so Joe is reading. <laughs> it says organic home veggie garden, but veggie is spelled with one G. That Jesus. I didn't notice. That's really good eagle-eyed uh, oops Veg- moment there. So it's a
1: veggie garden?
2: I mean... I like to think that it's a fake a fake magazine cover that he probably stapled to pornography. Yes. <laughs> That's my guess that he, that he made up himself. That's, That's probably right. the sewage Joe way. Yep. Um episode MVP most valuable ponian what mm-hmm. character moment in this episode sticks out to you and why?
1: Well, you know, we've been talking about um, I mean Sewage Joe Sewage Joe, again this is hard cuz Sewage Joe's great. Um you know Aziz has one of his maybe his most amazing talking head in the show with 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 talking about foods apps and zerts Uh, apps and zerts is hard it's hard to top um you know everybody has great moments in this it's hard to pick an MVP. can i abstain in the vote
2: you can abstain you can abstain well let the record reflect people making the wikipedia page for the most most valuable pond and he gets an abstain which that's (laughs) going to be interesting to see on the wikipedia page for this (laughs) Uh, I'll, I'll go with our boy Z's. It's a, it's a, it's a good talking head for him, and, and uh, he gets to be in the A story with Leslie and drive the plot a little bit, working on his acting chops, waiting to start his own show. Later, later, later. That's so, right. Um, listeners, let us know your MVP by tweeting at Team Coco Podcasts or by using the hashtag Parks and Recollection. Time for a town hall. Yes. imagine you're at an exclusive party across the crowded room you spot the most stunning man you spit take your champagne he keeps approaching and then he says your spray tanning session is now complete what just happened you found your escape at palm beach tan break from the chaos at a palm
1: beach tan near you and leave rejuvenated Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan. And take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month.
2: Featuring Australian gold. Hot guy not included.
0: Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today. Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops. Just so you know. Uh, fruit. Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No. It's Fruit Loops, the same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side.
1: Do you wanna go to the town hall?
2: Should we do this at the toilet party? We should. (laughs) Sewage department? Yes. All right. Hi, Alan and Rob. First, thanks for making the best podcast about the best show ever. Thank you very much. I've given you a five-star review and told everyone I know to do so as well. My town hall question comes from listening and re-watching all those early episodes again. Are there any jokes or characters, i.e. Greg Kitas, Venezuelan sister city, Fairway Frank, Carl Lorthner, et cetera, From the first couple seasons that you wish you had brought back or done a callback to in the later seasons. Ooh, good. good Thanks question. again for being amazing. Great question. You are all legends. Sincerely, Kevin Wheeler. Thank you, Kev. very Kevin. Very sweet email, Kevin. Thank yeah, you very love much. That. Um, and very good question because th- there's
1: innumerable, right? I mean, oh, I'm, I would have loved to have done more with Venezuelan sister city and Fairway Frank. Those two. Yes, I mean Fairway Frank is is a, is again one of the great Pawneans.
2: Are animals Pawneans? I Yeah, dude, there's so many animals in the show. Like, yeah, he, I mean, I think he qualifies. I mean, could there have been an all-animal episode? Yes, there could. We have Fairway could. Break. We have Little Sebastian. We got the, the gay penguins. We got, I mean, there, there's a lot of, you know, the, one of the tricks in the show was that we would take current events, political topics, things that were sort of controversial, and then we just graft them onto animals. So we like, gay penguins or like death penalty with a possum. So, yeah, fairway, Frank. I, I also, we love Armisen. Like, Armisen could have come back. We could have had Forte back. We could have had his character come back. Um, yeah, Greg Wikitis. I feel like we talked about maybe Greg Wikitis coming back, and then you realize the actor's like 17 or something. <laughs> so it's like he, like, ages out of it. Greg, can you remember any other ones? We definitely talked about, like, We didn't have like this, I mean, that was kind of the Halloween trend, right? We had two, you know, Greg Prakatis episodes, right? Yeah, I think Greg shows up again. Yeah, he shows up one more time. I remember the actor's name for some reason. I believe his name was Cody Klopp. I don't know why I remember that. (laughs)
1: Wait a minute. So, for the first time in history, the actor's name was funnier than the name of the character on the show?
2: That's maybe why I remember him. We're like, his name is Cody Klopp? It's like, it's almost, yeah, exactly. It's almost like a Parks and Rec name himself, a Parks and Rec character. Um, But yeah, it's it's a really good question. I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, deep cuts we like. Uh, I will say this, which is that
0: it's interesting which characters I think have lived on in a greater sense than when they, when we were writing it. Like, I feel like, yeah, yeah. And now watching it, every time Orin pops up, he has this like amazing mythic status. And I just wish he were in more episodes because he's so funny every time. Like, characters like that. I'm, and also, for what it's worth, like, um, Detlef shrimp really <laughs> cracked me up when he was on the show. Right. And I know that we got him back, uh, for Entertainment 720, but, um, characters like that I like to see pop up who just have this weird infamy yes. on By the uh, way, there's world. an
2: all-animal episode we should have done and there's an all-NBA player episode we could have done with Detlef Shrimp, with Roy Hibbert, and with Chris Bosh, who, by the way... Does not play himself in the show. Plays a, an Eagleton basketball player. So <laughs> it could have been a whole a whole episode of nearly seven foot or seven foot plus Oh, and, don't, plus, and man. don't forget Reggie Wayne and Andrew Locke. And yes, an all athlete. Yeah, just have them in there. And, and Costanzo, I think, was in there too. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of athletes on the show. That's it, man. We 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 ran the gamut. We ran the gamut. So thank you very much, Kevin, for that question. I hope we answered it in a satisfactory way. And thank you for telling all your friends. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe where you get podcasts like Kevin did. Five-star review on Apple, and uh, thanks to Schulte and Greg. Goodbye
1: for Pawnee. We'll see you next week. Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive
0: produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers, with additional
1: tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production
0: in association with Stitcher. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive...